dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source and we are getting through uh, this AFL season uh, right down to the last round of round 23 before finals. And Source, uh, the COVID-19 thing uh, continues to haunt us and haunt the AFL and things are changing all over the place, but it's going to be all over for 10 teams after this weekend. Hey, uh, Pez, yeah, it's definitely, that's the attitude of the AFL is we are pushing through no matter what uh, and we're trying to get through as quick as we can so we can um, enjoy football while we're still getting some crowds in some of those interstate uh, places and keeping the momentum going for, for the AFL, especially in Victoria. That seems to be the attitude, isn't it? Keep it going. They've scrapped the bye. That's no longer before um, before the final series, they're going straight in from round 23, straight into the first week of final. So keep it going as much as we can. Yeah, probably a smart move by them as well with uh, lots of different things happening in all, all the different uh, states and territories around. So also big news about, uh, you know, where the grand final is going to, going to be hosted. And it's kind of a hard thing because if they decide somewhere and then they go into a snap lockdown and then you can't have crowds and, and different things, do they... Can they leave it up to chance and, and wait for the last week? They probably can't. They probably need to have things set in place so people can, you know, start to purchase their tickets. And the most likely place for mine is uh, that SBS Stadium over in Western Australia because uh, they had a crowd, you know, for the derby on, on the weekend. The Fantastic. Fremantle got the chocolates and it was uh, great to see on the TV with uh, a, a loud crowd there ready to go. And I think that's what they've got to do, Pez. I think that's the only way that they can salvage the AFL grand final and maybe salvage the final series. We've had some games throughout the season that have had crowds, obviously, in Victoria, and it just doesn't work with that limited ground. The only, the only way that we can work in Victoria with the the you know capped numbers, would one, would we would need to have no more COVID cases within Victoria, or at least be um, on the decrease. Today we had another 50 cases. It's less likely to, that we're going to be holding the grand final here. If they do hold it here, then they need to make it open up to just the – don't worry about the corporate suites and all that. Just make it all the, the fans. But that's less likely going to happen, Pez. There's no chance it's really going to happen. Yeah, um, it doesn't look like it's it. Going to be, it's going to be in Perth, and I think that um, I think it's the right decision. And the only thing that I, I have a problem with it being over at SBS Stadium, Pez, is the, the time. I think that uh, they're going to dabble again with the night grand final, and I just don't think it works for, for Victorians with that time difference. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to do it because they, we're used to watching the, the twilight, isn't it? Which is about uh, like a six o'clock start time we've seen this year a lot on a, on a Sunday evening. And uh, it, it's kind of like a 4.40 time slot for what we would usually watch with the sun starting to go down and things like that. But if it is at Optus uh, Stadium there, I think they'd want to take advantage and they would really consider a night grand final because they want to take advantage of the lights there and they've got at that fantastic stadium. But that's like a six o'clock, o'clock seven o'clock time slot that's horrible that'd be horrible for us yeah well victoria it, it'd be anyway. bad it'd be bad because we wouldn't um you know make it consciously to the grand final um on the grand final day there that wouldn't be too good no and i guess you know for a, a consolation prize for victorians would be being able to actually enjoy the grand final with friends and family and, and you know around people which 
again, it looks less likely with the way that the restrictions have eased in, in the past. So realistically, Victorians are having less and less of a say, Pez, and uh, I think that whatever is going to be best for football in terms of the players, they've all come out this week and said, we want to play in front of fans. We, it, it, we need to play in front of fans. We don't care. And, and they, they say they don't care in with the inverted commas I'm going to use there, Pez, because... Of course they care if they're going to give away a home final in, for example, like uh, Geelong, let's say they win this week, the first week they play Port Adelaide, and the AFL go, you must go over to Port Adelaide and play in front of uh, their home crowd. Like, I'm sure that they wouldn't want to play that home crowd, but they would like a neutral sort of home crowd. Yeah, well, that would be very disappointing for Melbourne, uh, working so hard to get a top spot and then having to play at their opponent's home ground uh, if it was to work out like that. And there's things that are happening in this round, Source, with in terms of the top eight where... um, AFL clubs, they don't know uh, where the games are going to be played. So usually you would know exactly where they're going to be played if you finish in this certain spot and you're going to play against this certain team. So teams, I'd imagine, would go into games with different mindsets. But here, there's so much unknown still out there. Like You don't actually know if you're going to get a home ground uh, at the MCG against the Port Adelaide. You might have to play over in Western Australia. You might have to play at Adelaide over. So you've just got to come in with the mindset of uh, we're getting this season over and done with. You know, we're just going to try and finish on top and get the best advantage for us and, and not worry about what the AFL are going to do. We, we're ready to play anywhere. I think that's the mindset the clubs need to go in with uh, because if you don't go in with that mindset, you're going to find it very difficult sitting there a couple of goals down in the first quarter of a final uh, and then uh, not know, not knowing what to do after that. Yeah, and it's, it's a huge call there, Pez, because every game this week has significant impact to the finals. You know, like... Almost every game there um, allows teams to, to either sew up a top spot or sew up a you know, top four, a double chance. And, you know, with the with no week break next week, you know, you can't afford to be going into this test, um, you know, half done and, and, and going around the way and, you know, not uh, performing to the best of your ability because we've seen in the past when round 23 happens, teams don't want to give away too many secrets. They run a modified game plan, but... Every game in this week matters, so it's important that they, they are putting their best footy on the field, they're performing, and despite what may happen next week, and in terms of the AFL not having all their, their shit together, basically, and an organisation of where they're going to play the games, they've just got to go hammer and tong and try and get uh, sew up the highest position they can, and there's a range of different scenarios that can, can change the, uh, the top eight pairs, especially that top four. Yeah, well, you look at the top four, and I don't know how many times this has happened in history, Source, but you've got the Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide, both in the top four at the moment, third and fourth. And you've got 1v2, Geelong versus Melbourne, in the same round, last round of the season. And depending on how results go, you, you could imagine that um, some of those sides are going to be seeing each other in the first week of finals as well. So they might, you know, trade and not play the exact same team. But um, interesting, two top four clashes heading into finals, which is uh, probably very rare. Yeah, and especially with um, with so much on the on at stake pairs, like the winner goes and finishes first and you know obviously the loser has the potential of finishing third or fourth and you know in both of those scenarios they they lose the the um they lose their home final so it's not like you know you lose the game you finish second in both cases uh they could lose slippers you know as as low as third in, in both situations um the d's would need um the Bulldogs to beat the power to remain second if they lose. Um, but realistically, you don't want to leave any, anything up to chance and you want to take control of your own destiny, get the win and sew up a, a you know a home final. And I'm, again, using those in inverted commas, the home final. But yeah. I guess at um, you know a neutral ground and the only teams that are, that are available to have crowds there is Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide would be 
working super hard to, to try and finish as high as they can, try and gain that home ground advantage because they're the only team that's going to be left in the uh, the finals race that actually has a home ground advantage. Well, we're going to know, uh, Source, after tonight's game. We've got Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide there. So whoever wins that, you go into Melbourne and Geelong, those two teams know exactly what they need to do in order to get a home final. Because if, say, Port Adelaide do win, they go above both Geelong and Melbourne. Okay, So Geelong and Melbourne both would need to uh, win in terms of depending on how much power win with percentage being so close with Geelong. But Geelong or Melbourne would need to win to actually get a home final. Because you lose then, you're not getting a home final. So um, that's a big game for Port Adelaide to try and do that and put the pressure on those clubs. If the Bulldogs win, it's a little bit of a different story with uh, Geelong probably needing to win to get that home final. And Melbourne can probably cruise a little bit there if, if the Bulldogs do win tonight. Yeah, and, and the Port Adelaide's a big one too, Pez. For in order them to to you know win and maintain top spot, pretty much no matter what happens, is they just need to win, and they need to win really convincingly. So in order for them, if Melbourne lose and Port Adelaide win, they need to beat Geelong's percentage. So they're already five goals behind, so they ne- really need to pile it on. So they'll be going pretty hard tonight to try and uh, not only get the victory, but try and sew up some percentage and try and guarantee that they're going to be playing in front of their home crowd, which which could make a huge difference compared to all the those other clubs we know that you know both the Sydney teams are not going to be playing in front of a home crowd Essendon who Essendon West Coast you know if West Coast make it or, or um, Fremantle which Fremantle still are alive Pez they're still alive um, they're the only other two teams that could potentially have that uh, that home home grand final but not home grand final but like a home final uh, series in front of a, a home crowd but in order for Fremantle to do that Pez they need to uh they can finish as high as seventh if uh, the Blues beat the Giants, the Magpies meet, beat the Bombers, and the Lions beat the Eagles. Uh, otherwise, yeah, two of those need to happen. Otherwise, they're not going to make it through. So there's still a chance for, for Frio as well as West Coast. Similar, similar sort of uh, scenario, but there's a lot that no, needs no, to the go best, right for them. The best ones that we had a, had a read of pre-show source was uh, Richmond, who were sitting a, a game outside the eight in St Kilda. Can both apparently still make it? Yeah, so the, the Tigers, uh, I don't know why they've gone with uh, so many outs this week. Ten outs, a massive, massive record. But they can finish eighth if the Lions beat the Eagles, which you know most suspect they do. The Magpies upset the Bombers and the Saints beat the Dockers. So there's a massive, massive chance. Oh, hang on, Pez, I didn't read the rest of it. They'll need to make up a percentage gap of 24 goals on the Bombers. So that's uh, probably not likely going to happen. Well, the Bombers could lose by 10 goals and then Richmond win by, I don't know, 12, 14 goals. Yeah. That could happen. It could happen. I mean, the less likely <laughs> scenario, less likely scenario, but uh, definitely well, still alive, Pez. St Kilda is, what, nine nine 9.8% behind Richmond, so I can't imagine they're uh, still in contention. Uh, they are still in contention, Pez. Uh, they can finish eighth if the Lions beat the Eagles, the Magpies beat the Bombers, the Hawks beat the Tigers, all things that could happen, uh, and then... But the problem is you need to make up a 60-goal percentage gap. So I don't think you've scored... Goals, the, the way you put, the, well, I think it's just anyone, mate. <laughs> the 60 goals. Uh, 60 goals on the Bombers. So you need to chase up. So, so. Saints, Saints beat Fremantle by 30 goals and Essendon lose to Collingwood by 30 goals. Yeah, Saints cool. are still in it. I don't think you guys have scored uh, 60 goals this year, Pez, <laughs> the way you guys have played. But uh, no, highly know. unlikely for know. a couple of those bottom side teams. But everyone's all eyes are really going to be on that Essendon-Collingwood game. That is the one that I think uh, has the, the most potential because that well, game there affects this, so many. How good is this for GWS? They win, they're in. How good is it for Essendon? They win, they're in. Yep. Like, it's simple. There's, no, there's nothing else um, to that will happen in terms of that. The one I'm really interested in with this top eight finish is if – Port Adelaide beat the Bulldogs tonight. If they do, 
Brisbane will know exactly how much they need to smash West Coast by on the yep. weekend at home in order to steal a top spot from the Bulldogs. Can you imagine the Bulldogs having such a good season and not finishing that top four? Really important for the Bulldogs to come out and win tonight against Port Adelaide. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things that they've literally spent all year in the top four pairs, and the last month or so, their football has been a little bit undesirable. They've had a couple of injuries, and Port Adelaide are uh, the opposite. Their last month has been really good, not beating any top side, top four sides in that, but they've strung together seven straight wins, and uh, they're I think they're eight and one at home as well. So a uh, huge, huge game tonight, and it would be disappointing for them, but... Uh, I, I can't see. I mean, I don't even know what I see, but it would be really disappointing for Western Bulldog fans to, uh, you know, just miss out, uh, especially to the Lions. No, you wouldn't want to miss out on the top four. Uh, it's very, very important to finish in the top four, as we know, to win uh, the final series. Very rare that you win it outside, but if any team can do it, the Bulldogs have done it recently. Settle down, Piz. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> I hate that stat. It's happened once in the like the last <laughs> the last twenty years that a team has won it from outside of that top four, and uh, oh well, a remarkable run for them. But there, there's a f- there's a few sides that uh, I, I look. There's not one of those things next week, whatever the the, the top eight looks like, Pez, that you're going to be looking at that. And any team or any supporter would be extremely confident, even if you are finished, you know, fifth playing eighth. And, for example, the Bombers sneak in. I can't see the Lions or, or – sorry, the Swans or the Lions, the Dogs, all comfortable playing either GWS or Essendon. Uh, like, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a great final series despite uh, no crowds. Yeah, we, we love to get into it. And uh, next week's show, we'll know the set eight and, and we'll get into it there. But the end of the, end of the year source, not, this isn't over, but players retire. And uh, there's been a few retirements – over the season, some pre-season, some throughout the season, and there's been a few more this week, Source. So uh, I thought we might might give uh, give a segment a go here. Hashtag. Oh, oh, this is interesting. It's a main event in any stadium in the world. Hashtag going viral. We know we can't go with it. Hashtag bleep, bleep, bleep. That's all, folks. Was that, was that a bit of a clock there? It was a bit of a clock, Pez. The, the, the metronome, I think it actually is, but it, it's appropriate for the, the clock ticking out on these, uh, these players' <laughs> career. So how are we going to well, run they, this, Pez? We're going to do our normal uh, get a hashtag ready for the players? No, no. So I've come up with an idea here. You've, uh, the, the retired source, they've given their you know, blood, sweat and tears throughout their career, some of them shorter than others, some of them longer than others. Um, but we thought we'd add to their uh, awards list source. So instead of giving them... A, a hashtag as such and, and bring your own hashtag how it usually runs. We're going to have a look at some awards, you know, that are given out around the world and uh, try and see if we could match them up and, and give them an award for their career that would relate to them. Oh, I love it, Pez. And <laughs> we're not going to go through every single player and give them an award, Pez, but what we will do is before we get into the awards of some of our favourite retirees this year, is we will go through the list of players that have retired. Pez, feel free to jump in if anything stands out for you or anything you'd like to add. But we've got uh, Mark Murphy, Chris Main, Levi Greenwood, Patrick Ambrose, Kale Hooker, Stephen Hill, uh, Jared Harborough, Jack Homsch. <laughs> I should not have done the names, Pez. Uh, Jordan Murdoch, Zach Smith, Tom Scully, Tom Rockcliffe, Sean McKernan, Dylan Robertson, uh, Daniel Venables and Lynn Jong. Sean Burgoyne, David Asprey, Basha Hooley, David McKay, 
and Eddie Betts ret- uh, announced his retirement earlier this week. Yeah, it's a big big round of footy for some of these players that you know are playing their final game. There's some others in there that there are some delistings as well where, that fans might come out and say, hey, this player's not playing next year, but um, some of them were delisted as well and some are still looking for other clubs. So yeah. hopefully um, career's not over for them. But we've, we've chosen six, Source. We've got, we've got six to go through. Um, so it looks like oh, I'm just going to give you a name and you're going to give me an award and then uh, we'll go vice versa until we finish all six of them. Sounds good, Pez. Uh, loaded it up. Let's go. All right. So um, I might start right down. Let's go with David Asprey, the three-time premiership player. Played about 150 games for the Tigers. But what award are you going to give him? David Asprey. I mean, what a, what a career he's had. 155 games, Pez, 12 seasons, um, you know, jam-packed with injuries. But Three premierships to go with it, and uh, a really, really key part in you know the dynasty that is uh, the, um, the the Richmond Tigers, winning a premiership roughly every fifty games. That's uh, not a bad little step there, Pez. I've gone with the uh, the Cannes Film Award Festival because, um, well, you know, do you know much about the uh, the Cannes International Film Festival, Pez? Um, <laughs> are they show they show movies, I think. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a awards for um, move. It's a festival just dedicated to uh, short films, and uh, that, that's all it was. Pez, he didn't have a huge career in terms of um, you know games, but every time he got on a bit of a run, those little short stints of fifty games win a premiership. So not a bad little uh, little career, and I think very fitting. You know, the Cannes Film Award, Pez. Uh, Pez. So he's got the Cannes Film Award. He could probably put that in. Uh and make a little documentary about his uh, short 155 game career with his three premiership medallions. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, it's not a, not a bad little stat sheet either, is it, Pez? <laughs> not bad at all. All right, so uh, that's that's the first one. Nice little award there, Source, that you, you came up with for Asprey. There, we've got uh, five players left. All right, next one, Pez. I'm going to give you is Sean Burgoyne. Well, it's uh, a pretty easy one uh, for Sean Burgoyne. Uh, over 400 games, as we know. He gave down a, what was it, a 15-year contract he turned down to go to the Gold Coast at the end of last season. So, it, it, you know, he's played for Port Adelaide, won a premiership, played for Hawthorne, uh, won premierships. So he is has a very decorated career, uh, very longevity, and it. I don't even know if it's going to be over yet, to be honest. Gold Coast might be getting on the blower and we'll see what it goes, but... Give him the Lifetime Achievement Award because uh, to, to get to 400 games in this day and age and continue to, to play at a high level uh, has been absolutely amazing. So, Sean Burgoyne, congratulations. Add the Lifetime Achievement Award to your milestone list. Nice, pairs. Very silky there. Very silky award there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get for the next one, Pez. All right. Um, oh. I'll give you. I'll give you this one. Another Richmond player, so you can go on the same little uh, tangent there. But we've got uh, Basha Hooley, who came over from Essendon and uh, Premiership player at Richmond. Yeah, uh, look again, another three-time Premiership uh, player, and, and anyone sort of retiring of any sort of big note over this uh, over this segment is going to be uh, a three-time Premiership player. Normally with the, with the Tigers because they've been part of a great uh, era. He played two hundred and six games with the Tigers, and only only twenty six games for for the Bombers. Uh, obviously involved in uh, the drug saga all that long, long time ago, and uh, I forgot there was only twenty six games. But you know. Um, I think this one's really easy for me um, because you're going to give him the uh, the Norm Smith Award because uh, 
Very, very questionable in the Richmond's first premiership, that drought-breaking premiership, Pez, 2017, whether Dusty Martin was the true Norm Smith. So I'm going to give, uh, going to do a do-over. He can have the Norm Smith medal. Congratulations. Oh, you can't Congratulations, do that to Dusty. Hawley. Congratulations. You can't, you can't do that to Dusty. He'll be, he'll be rapt to hear that, that he's actually got the Norm Smith medal now. <laughs> and we can add it, add it there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Basha Hooley, he's, uh, he's been a workhorse. I'll, I'll still remember from that documentary we watched earlier in the year, Source, how he'd done his calf and, and uh, Damien Hardwick was like, can you, I, ne- I need you, can you can you run it out for me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for you, I'll go. So um, very good insight there. And, and Basha Hooley, very tough um, running half back. All right, Pez, next one for you. Uh, a little bit more of a tricky one, but uh, Jared Harbour, all yours, mate. Oh, J- Jared Harbour. Yep. <laughs> you give me Jared Harbour, are you? He's at the 33 years of age, uh, started his playing career in uh, 2007. He was drafted uh, in the rookie draft, number 27. I asked for an by award, mate, Bulldogs. on his uh, player card profile, <laughs> the back of yeah, the card. <laughs> it, well, he played, played 70, 70 games for the Bulldogs uh, and 191 for the Gold Coast Suns uh, from 2011 to present. He was one of those five players uh, to go up there. The foundation uh, player. As, the foundation player, as, as they would call them. So so here we have him. Um, what, what did he do? He left in 2011, five years later. The Bulldogs were very disappointed to lose him, by the way. And uh, five years later, they won a premiership. And Ooh, he's suffered up at the Gold Coast Suns for a long period of time there. So you're trying to think of an award. He was, he's been very, you know, very consistent in terms of, uh, well, his team's been very consistent over, over 10 years, being uh, down the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> So we're going to give him, and you might not be familiar with this award, but it's the Star of Gallantry Award. And to explain this award a little bit, it's awarded for acts of great heroism. Okay, so he's a hero to the Gold oh, Coast Suns. And his gallantry action in circumstances of great peril. And his peril was being at the Gold Coast Suns. So he's been very gallant there, and he gets the Star of Gallantry Award. So uh, Harbrow, add that to your milestone list. Pez has just gone whack to about four or five different people there. <laughs> just whack. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be adding that to his uh, player card career, Pez, but I like the uh, I like the thinking behind it. A very nice medallion, that one, so uh, I don't see how he'd be disappointed. <laughs> it, it is a very good-looking uh, medal there, Pez. <laughs> All right. Um, we've got – what have we got? Only two players left. Uh, we better save uh, one of them to last. So – you can have uh, probably an unknown player who doesn't come up in a lot of uh, Victorian media source, but David McKay from the Adelaide Crows. Yeah, David McKay. Um, it's it's one of those. He's one of those players that the general footy fan fan is not going to actually know outside of you know the couple of things that happen here and there in terms of when you're watching the game. You're like, oh yeah, I, me- I remember him. But he played 248 games for the uh, for the for the Adelaide Crows. 33 years old. He is the ninth most capped uh, player in um, in Adelaide Crows history, which which is a little surprises me actually. You forget how young of a football club that Adelaide are. And Pez, realistically, there's not a lot of uh, achievements that he's actually had in terms of. I mean, obviously, it's a high achievement of playing 248 games, close to 250. He's going to fall one short, which is a bit unfortunate. But uh, he, he seems to, from all reports, you know, he's one of those sort of good, you know, clubmen. He's always the first one picked. He's one of those people that, you know, you always see him in the in the in the in the team, and you're sitting there going, yes, you know, as a fan, he's one of those staples of your team. That no matter if he's playing, you're not disappointed when he's out. You're like, oh, that's a big loss. But he's not one of those players where everyone else is like, you know, 
he's out. Oh, now that's a, a really big win for us. He's just a staple of the club. He's, he's you know, for me, he's man of the fans. He's a man of the Adelaide Crows. He's stuck through the thin, uh, you know, the thick and thin of it. He played in that, uh, you know, that premiership uh, ooh, disappointment, I guess, that uh, back to the, the Tigers a couple of years ago. But uh, for me, the People's Choice Award, Pez. The People's Choice uh-huh. Award. Because the fans love him and diehard, or any, not even diehard, Adelaide Crow fans love his, uh, his platform of work. Yeah, they'd love his effort uh, week in, week out. Um, and it's kind of disappointing that players like that are not really well known uh, in the Victorian market with the, the mainstream media always talking about the big clubs and the, and the big players. So, um, yeah, well done to David McKay. Add that to your list. And uh, we can end off uh, one more award to give out. Uh, source. It's a big one. We've got Eddie Betts, who you know has come up recently last week. We spoke about the racism thing in, in terms of that, but it's also speaking about his footy career. Um, hasn't it been fantastic? Starting at Carlton, heading over to Adelaide, and then coming back to Carlton for a couple of seasons at the end here. Yeah, he's a, he's had a remarkable career, Pez, and um, right from his his very first goal that he ever kicked for Carlton back in uh, 2012, I think it was 2005. Sorry, at the G against North Melbourne. Um, Jeez, seven years off. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I got the I got the years he mixed up when he moved to Adelaide, <laughs> but uh, right from his first goal, Pez, we knew that as a football fans, we we're watching something special from the boundary, right foot banana, which most of his goals seem to be is from that. Uh, the banana sort of stance of it, and yeah, just absolute magic. He's one of the one of the few players, Pez, to to lead uh, the goal kicking at two clubs, so Adelaide and Carlton, as we we know from our our trivia back in the <laughs> early Great on. Great trivia question. Great trivia question. But he has a huge amount of accolades, Pez. Um, as we said, three hundred and forty nine ga- um, games. He's had uh, six hundred and thirty eight goals. He's been, um, you know, two-time Indigenous All-Star representative, a uh, one-time representative for the All-Stars when they did uh, the 2020 sort of, um, what was that, the bushfire game. He also has Carlton's best first-year player, four AFL Goal of the Year nominations, and I reckon every single year he's had uh, a nomination. Sorry, that wasn't just nominating, that was actually winning the Goal of the Year. Every other yeah, year. Yeah, he, he had a nomination this year, the uh, one-hander against Sydney. Uh, just grabbed it with one hand and snapped it around the body. If you if you want to, Pez, if you want to uh, to get lost in a, an absolute wormhole on YouTube, type in Eddie Betts' best moments, and you are just in awe. You forget how good some of these goals were. There's a clip on there as the top thirty, Pez, and every single one is like. Holy shit, how did that go in? And the weaving, the ducking, the, it's not just his you know, amazing um, you know, navigation with the actual boot. It's the way that he weaves in, he drops the ball, he's so clever and, and a real spectacle to watch. Yeah, he's a great player. So um, you, you've told us about him. Uh, he deserves he deserves the limelight, so I'm not going to sting you for that one, but you haven't given him an award yet. Oh, well, I thought you'd like to, Pez, because uh, it was a, a very, very clever one, Pez, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit impressed for you because your mentality is not normally that good, so uh, quite, <laughs> imp- quite impressed with the award. Well, w- one of the, the greatest awards uh, someone can receive, uh, um, he's got the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's, it's not just in representative of his, of his footy career, which is probably not what he wants. He wants to be remembered and, and continue to grow and you know stamp racism out not just in footy, but in Australia and the world in general. So um, the Nobel Peace Prize awarded to Eddie Betts uh, playing his last game this week for Carlton against GWS, uh, which, which is a big clash, even though Carlton are in contention for finals. So uh, congratulations on a great career to all the players we mentioned. 
and uh, all, all their new awards for the for the six lucky players to get a behind the boundary exclusive uh, milestone award. Yeah, I'll make sure I add it to their Wikipedia pages, Pez. It'll be uh, they'll be very very <laughs> happy with uh, with the accolades that they've achieved. And and I think you know the Nobel Peace Prize, as you spoke for for Eddie Betts there, Pez. Uh, that was one of the key things that he said in his retirement speech to to the boys of the football club is that this chapter in his life is over. You know, and he's you know he plays football because he loves football and he loves putting a smile on people's faces. But now it's about changing mindsets and changing the game, not just inside football. And uh, again, some very powerful words from Eddie Betts. And we know that, uh, we, look, he's not going to stop until he stamps out uh, racism as much as he can within sport. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he's successful in that. Oh, 100%. We, we all hope uh, for the best in, t- in terms of that. A very, very serious uh, matter, as, as we know from our show last week's source. So... Um, there we go. A, a bit of fun with the retirees here at Behind the Boundary. And uh, we need to uh, have a look and, and see how we went and, and get into a review of uh, how did we go here on Behind the Boundary? What awards are we going to get for round 22? Review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Well, here we are, Sauce. Uh, another week, another review. And... Uh, up on Twitter, at Behind the Bound, we've got all our uh, updates up there ready to go. And uh, we've got the emojis that come out, which we'll uh, mention at the end of this little recap, which uh, hopefully you've, you've enjoyed the little emojis this week as well, Sauce. Uh, we'll see if there's any confusion for that one. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of confusion last week, Pez, with, with uh, my eyesight playing up a little bit. But <laughs> let's get straight into uh, not only our bets, Pez, but, uh, you know, dissect some of the, the big uh, upsets of the round and some of the, the great football uh, that we saw from round 22. We start things off with the uh, GWS-Richmond game, Pez. Yeah, GWS-Richmond game. Uh, GWS coming out, 73 points in that first half, just... Uh, Absolutely amazing stuff. And Richmond pretty much just lying down and uh, going, you know what, GWS, take the reins. Uh, you guys can play finals and we'll just uh, sit it out this year and see if we can uh, re-engage next year. I had my uh, little tab special, the Richmond 1-39 to and Rewalt 2 plus goals at 5 bucks, which I couldn't um, couldn't go past and couldn't write off Richmond. Uh, it was very wrong in that and, uh, and lost a cheeky there. Yeah, that, that was a little bit cheeky. And it was funny, first because last week's show, you weren't that confident. But as you said, you can't pass that up. You've got a team like Richmond and uh, you know, a superstar in Jack Rewalt for two goals. That uh, should have been money for VBs. But uh, oh, lucky for me and lucky for anyone else who jumped on, uh, my bet, it wasn't to be. And I went with uh, my bonus bet from last week, uh, GWS 1-39, to Josh Kelly to get 20 and Pez. Early on, I was looking in all sorts. And I actually went to bed during the last quarter uh, when they were about 50 points up, thinking, well, that bonus bet's gone. And I sent you a message about midnight when I checked, and I'm like, you little ripper, 39 the points. The backdoor cover. Oh, I love the it, love it. Cover. It was 17 seconds to go, and it, it wasn't looking likely, but uh, Richmond were able to get a goal. Uh, Morris Rioli, you, you can thank him there, uh, kicking that goal to to put them 39 points down and to put the GWS 1-39 to with a little green tick. Uh, very, very good start. Very, very good start, Pez. Uh, and it's it's an unfortunate thing that happened in the next game, the, the Hawthorne Hawks versus the Western Bulldogs, because it's the death of the Hawthorne hack, Pez. It's, it's gone. It's gone. 
it did, didn't happen. So Aaron Norton didn't get it, obviously, because uh, yeah, he's four plus there. Did anyone else get it? No, no one from the Western Bulldogs looked like they were lucky to score four goals for, for the whole team. They scored five. Yeah. They got absolutely wow. pantsed and uh, not a great uh, you know couple of weeks for the Bulldogs. I obviously lost my bet in that game. I had them to win. I had Norton to kick f- uh, four and McRae to get 30, which he did. But it was disappointing for, for the Bulldogs, Pez, because it, it's a game that they shouldn't have lost and it, it's going to cost them a top four spot maybe. Well, yeah, if they don't win tonight, they've got to really turn it around uh, from last week. So Hawthorne and Alistair Clarkson absolutely on fire at the end of the season. Um, I didn't have a bet for that game, but the Hawks finishing off the season well and the Dogs uh, need to turn things around uh, because we're going into finals after this round. So uh, the next game was actually a, a really, really good game source. We've got Geelong taking on St Kilda. Yeah, it was it was a really really good game of uh, football for for you know all football fans, pairs. But you and I enjoyed it uh, probably a little bit closer. Well, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more with the end result. But you know it was a great game of football as a as a seesawing affair. And uh, Geelong actually got the chocolates and and came back from uh, as far as thirty one points down. Um, so you know yeah. uh, overcome a really really um, impressive St Kilda early. They're on top of Geelong. They um, had you know moving the ball well. They were kicking goals and. You know, we were Geelong were actually very lucky that uh, King had uh, sort of had a bit of soreness and, and his impact was definitely taken out of the game in that second half because he was all over the Geelong defenders early. Oh, 100%. He was uh, up there getting goal assists and uh, actually kicking them himself, taking contested marks. So he's been looking good in the back end of the season and St Kilda fans have to be really excited about what he can do moving forward and hopefully um, that, that groin that was giving him a little bit of trouble um, he can be rested over the, the preseason and, and train and, and not get hurt within games and, and really come out and do that. You know, the last time he played Geelong, he kicked the one goal five and uh, missed one when he was wide open and couldn't even pick up the ball about 30 metres out in front of goal. So um, that'd be good for his confidence to, to turn it around. Um, in terms of betting source, so I had uh, one one before it and then I put one out on Twitter as well because I just love the value. So, um, we had St Kilda plus 25 and a half and Jack Steele to get 20 plus disposals. That was my $25 bonus from the week before. So that got up. And I also put out a, a little bet 365, what they put out before the games sources. They put a match-up disposal. So Brad Crouch versus Luke Dunstan. Um, you choose one of those players and the third option is a tie. So I had Brad Crouch to get more than Luke Dunstan and Luke Dunstan was, you know, they were hanging around each other and Dunstan was ahead a little bit in the last quarter. Brad Crouch just... Blew him out of the water and a dollar ninety hit there for the max uh, helped my round. Yeah, it did he uh, end up beating him by four pairs? But it was a just like the game a seesawing affair for most of it, and he looked in a bit of trouble there at uh, one stage. But uh, Brad Crouch got the the chocolates in the end. Not the same for me though, pairs. Uh, I went opposite to your line. I had Geelong at minus twenty four and a half, and Cameron Guthrie to get twenty five. He got twenty five disposals, but Geelong unfortunately did not cover that line of uh, twenty four and a half. So disappointing for them. Speaking of disappointing pairs, we get into the power versus the Blues, and the Blues looked really impressive earlier. The little sideboards uh, scoreboard that happens on Fox Footy down in the little right-hand corner, and it was like thirty-eight to, to twenty-four or something. The Blues had the lead, and then I don't know what happened, but uh, the end result definitely uh, does not even get close to a fourteen-point turnaround. No, Carlton doing Carlton things. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have a bet in this one, or. If I, if I did, I might have gone to the Port Adelaide line. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I just was glad to stay away from this one. And Carlton, disappoint their fans. Uh, 
for the second last time before the end of the season. Second last time this year, Pez, um, because I'm sure that they'll do it again uh, as much as they are not uh, coming. I'm sure they're telling fans that they are coming. But, yeah, massive 95-point disappointment for uh, the, the Blues. I, again, stayed away from that one, Pez, because as we said in the pre-show, you can't trust either of those teams for big victories and you don't know what Carlton's going to produce. And, uh, wow, did they definitely didn't show up after halftime. No, definitely not. Uh, and one team that didn't show up at all was Collingwood. Uh, Brisbane versus Collingwood. Uh, Brisbane absolutely annihilated them. Absolutely annihilated them from start to finish, Pez. Uh, they they never looked in doubt, even though it was close at the during the first quarter. Uh, so many things to talk about in this game. You know, you had you know Cameron kicked six goals straight. Danaher looked good up forward. McStay looked good. You know, Cockatoo, the extra long, he he looked pretty nifty around goals, and he might retain uh, a nice little forward spot going into finals. But Brisbane looked in control, damaging, and uh, you know what was also good was uh, my bet for this game, Pez. I had a bonus bet in this one. I had uh, Brisbane twenty five plus, which obviously when you win by as much as they did in eighty five points, that covered easy, and I had the over on 142 and a half and Brisbane actually missed that by one point uh, just on their own. They scored 142 points so I missed it by 0.5 pairs. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, you've got your little little bonus bet, bet win there. I had uh, my own little bet here, a $25 stake. Uh, Brisbane minus nine and a half so I did a pick your own line. Over 136.5, very, very easy there, the, the pick your own line there. And uh, Daniel McStay at home, he, he kicked his two goals. So uh, without um, the the injury there that they've got to Eric Hipwood. So he's spending uh, a lot of time down forward and uh, was pretty good value there by himself. Yeah, great, va- great value there, Pez. Another green tick for, for us. Next game, North Melbourne, Sydney. Not much to really talk in here. It was a bit of a dead rubber. Sydney uh, threw away a big lead towards the end, uh, much to many punters' disappointment. But I had a three-leg same-game multi. Sydney to win. Aaron Hall to get 25. Luke Parker to get 25. Three green ticks, Pez, and one big green tick on the bet slip for me. Yeah, um, my uh, my bet losing after the siren. So I was I was one of those punters. Uh, had Sydney minus fourteen and a half the early line, which was good because it went up to around sixteen and a half before the bounce. And um, Sydney just looked to be dominating, thirty points up mm-hmm. and and raring to go. They kept you know kicking a steadier when North were coming in that last quarter. They kick a steadier, and you'd be like, all right, should be okay here. Um, it was twenty points up. Uh, less than a minute to go. North Melbourne are in the back line. They come down and get a mark inside 50. The young bloke goes back and, and kicks a goal to, to crush uh, Sydney minus backers, crush their hearts and uh, lose by the 0.5 there. So didn't enjoy that one at the end. No, you wouldn't have, Pez. Uh, the next game, we had the, the Ds and the Crows. This is a, a non-event, Pez. The Ds t- making absolute mincemeat uh, by 41 points of the Crows. Uh, not much to really talk about this one, Pez. Neither of us had a bet. Uh, is there anything that stands out to you want to talk about? Um, just the, for the backers that did have the 1-39 to 39 or the 40-plus, a few. I did see a few punters on Twitter had the 1-39 to 39 source, and after the siren, another one that uh, goes over the 40 points there. So... Uh, not a good round uh, for for some of those margins. I mean, I mean, it all uh, is on Bailey Fritch's uh, last last quarter efforts, wasn't it? What five goals in the last quarter, seven straight, not a bad effort. No, yeah, yeah but if you're one to thirty nine, you probably don't want him to play that well. No, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to play that well this week. <laughs> yeah. All right, we get on well, to the next game, Pez. And again, uh, I steered clear to this one because I thought Essendon was going to win, but I didn't want to invest any money in it because I really, really don't want Essendon to make those finals. Uh, but Pez, you went in a different direction. How did you go? 
Yeah, I just wanted to cheer for something. I, I put Gold Coast plus 21 and <laughs> Gold a half. Gold Coast have been cheering for that what? for years. I just wanted to go, you know what, against this Essendon side, maybe, maybe, maybe lost by 60 points in the end. So I threw away $25 here and uh, a little uh, precursor to our bet slip. I'm not going to make the same mistake and uh, bet with my heart against Essendon this week. No, one of those uh, mistakes that sometimes you can do, Pez, is uh, playing with your heart and... That's one of the tough things as a punter. You need to to look at the stats and look at the evidence and make an educated uh, bet rather than a a bet with your heart. But the next game, pairs was an absolute cracker of the game. We spoke about it earlier. Fremantle taking on the West Coast Eagles in front of a packed house SBS Stadium. And it was an unbelievable derby uh, over there in Perth. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. We mentioned it. Uh, in our introduction there, Sauce, with the, with the crowd there, and they have to really play the grand final there if they can have a capacity crowd. But um, the ones that, you know, Fremantle haven't done very well against West Coast uh, in, in recent times. So to, for them to get another one up and uh, their young players playing really well towards the back half of the season, you know, no Nathan Fife uh, for, for a lot of the year, really, with injury and things like that. So... Um, they're looking uh, really good. Uh, uh, John John Longmuir uh, has got them playing well. He had them playing very defensive last year, and now they're you know becoming a little bit more attacking and scoring a bit more. And uh, Sean Darcy helps out a lot as a, as a dominant ruckman too. Yeah, and as you said, with the the exclusion of uh, Nat Fife for most of the year, some of those young guns like Caleb Strong, he was an absolute menace on the weekend. Thirty one touches, two goals, including one from the boundary, uh, which you know West Coast fans will say it was clearly out of bounds, but an absolute mint goal. Uh, I think it was body, out of bounds. Oh, it was out of bounds by a mile, <laughs> but uh, a great goal. And as you said, a really exciting young list now that they're starting to not only continue that defensive pressure, but now they're starting to put it on the scoreboard. Um, and early on, Pez, I was. Really Really, really uh, disappointed because I thought I was going to lose this game on uh, one leg of Fremantle one to thirty nine. Like because they looked in control, it was a late surge in the second half. The West Coast Eagles helped me cover my Fremantle bet one to thirty nine. Had Adam Chera for twenty disposals and Caleb Strong, as mentioned, he got that huge win for the for the weekend. Pairs one hundred and twelve dollars and fifty cents into the kitty. Yeah, nice four dollars fifty get, and uh, West Coast uh, without looking at stats would have to be one of the worst first quarter sides um, that they have been. They've scored zero goals in in many many first quarters just from memory this year, which is which is not a good stat to be involved in. Uh, we head to our multi for the end of the round and disappointment central because uh, I had the Western Bulldogs the, the three games I was most confident in mm-hmm. uh, Sydney to win, Port Adelaide to win, which they won comfortably. Uh, and then the Western Bulldogs, who just didn't show up, and uh, Hawthorne really got over the top of them. So my 50 max stake didn't come back with uh, any more money, and I've got a bonus to use this week uh, to just try and uh, get that one back. Yeah, and we spoke about this last week, Pez. I was doing the same theory. My, the two games I was most confident in were the Swans and the Dogs, and I chucked in the Cats there to make it a little bit of an extra uh, profit, but uh, the, the the dogs really disappointing, and there's nothing worse than losing that very early on in your round. It was the second game of the round, and I was already out with my multi, and yeah, disappointing. So I had a, a, a max fifty on that, and I've got a bonus back, and it was disappointing pairs because that was also money for VBs as well. Oh, there we go, Dill. Hey, we'll jump on the Instagram and uh, send that message if he hasn't already. There, um, this round twenty two, I staked one hundred and seventy five dollars. Source and I returned two hundred and seven dollars and fifty cents, so and a return on investment of eighteen point five seven percent. So we'll we'll take that if we can get that. And uh, for the year, four thousand two hundred and fifty five stakes, 
$4,541.55 return for an ROI of 6.73% with only one round and finals to go. Yeah, we're really uh, head-hunting that 10%, Pez. And, uh, I mean, your 18.57% was not too bad, but it was nothing, nothing in comparison to mine, Pez. <laughs> Staked 100 for the round, returned a massive 265, an ROI of 165%. You little ripper. Uh, so stake for the year, 3750 return $4,085.54. A ROI of 8.94%. So very happy with uh, the topsy-turvy sort of round that I've had. Pairs have been up, I've been down. But uh, heading into finals, heading into the last round, pretty confident, aiming for that 10%. Yeah, both with a pretty comfortable uh, lead. So you'd hope we wouldn't uh, head into the minus after the after the grand final this year. So we're, we're looking good there, but um, the 8.94%, the percentage isn't the important thing anymore behind the boundary. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it, it's the emojis. So uh, I've got the for the, my round emoji, which is the first one. I had the swan. Um, can you can you tell us why I would have had the swan sauce? I don't know. Ugly, you're an ugly duckling. Uh, well, the swans are after the siren. You let me down with... Uh, oh. A little, a little bit more uh, profit there, which would have been really nice. And uh, we've changed it up a little bit. We're, we're not just under the tree. We're, we're past five percent here, six point seven three. So I've got a little hut over my head. I'm not in the not in the hotel. Oh, I'm nice, not in the nice. lobby, but uh, got a little hut over my head to keep me safe. I think when I was about five percent pez, I had a tent. So you, you've upgraded <laughs> the tent for for yourself. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not five percent. So if you read that, it's six point seven three. <laughs> oh, I said so around a that, mate. Five. Around that. <laughs> Uh, and me for the round, I have my uh, little uh, little purse because it was a nice little collect pez. I'm guessing nice little uh, little um, bank. Yeah, well, the type of purse. You know what type of purse it is? No. <laughs> it's it's oh, what, it's, uh, clutch. it's a clutch. It's a clutch. Oh, clutch! <laughs> I love it. That is awesome, and I wish I had discovered that on my own. One hundred and sixty-five percent in oh, round twenty-two. Sauce baby. That's just- that's just absolute clutch. So uh, I, I thought um, if anyone had worked that out, they would have loved that little emoji there. Love that one, Pez. I'm not really uh, familiar with women's uh, handbags and purses, but I'm <laughs> glad that I've got you as an expert there. And then I've also got my little house, which uh, it's a single story at the moment, Pez, but uh, once we get through our bet slip, Pez, I'm sure I'm going to be building a double story. Well, uh, the fact that the size of the bets <laughs> was relatively small... Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... There we go, the beauties of uh, remote recording. Yeah, of course. Obviously, there's a little bit of a delay there, Pez. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see you uh, press the button either. So uh, we go from there. But we are into our bet slip source. And usually the first thing we do are the specials. Sinu takes a special and goes bang. And uh, they've really come to play in the last round source, especially sports bet here. So we've got the Friday night match, the, the dogs versus the, the power. The kick a goal first two minutes, you win. So if you're going to bet on any of them head-to-head anyway, you might as well make that sports bet and, and try and get an early payout there. Um, the three-plus leg same-game multi, up to three refunds per match for all matches this round. So well done there, sports bet. And they've also got the head-to-head multi. So three head-to-heads has to be over $2. 
you can get your bonus back like uh, both of us did last round source there. Um, we go to Tab and Tab are, you know, pulling their finger out as well. They've got the three plus league same game multi for every single game. And I really, really like that because I don't have to use my alternate account on Sportsbet. I can just <laughs> use my own account on Tab uh, to make some bets there. Now, this one, Source, they had it last last week. It's an exclusive in-venue offer. Oh. So AFL head-to-head special, you lead at halftime, but you lose, but you must place the bet in-venue. So if you're in lockdown in Victoria, the TAB is actually closed. Uh, bad luck, you can't access that one. That's not essential? It's not essential? No, maybe it should be, especially if you've got a special like that. Lead at halftime, but lose, you paid out. Yeah, it's a really disappointing that they're not making that live to the app users and, you know, Thinking of the Victorians in lockdown, pests, especially because I feel like I feel like we're essential. You know, we're building houses, and I feel like it, it needs to be open for us. Yeah, you've you've got your clutch purse with your money in there to build your double story <laughs> and everything as well. Um, uh, Ladbrokes have got the AFL two dollar lines, um, and you go into Neds. We've got Friday night AFL. This is an interesting one. They've got the three plus leg. Uh, you know, one leg fails, you get a bonus back. But for this one, you can actually price boost it. All right, so you can put your price boost, get a little bit of extra coin and still have access to that special like you usually wouldn't if you did price boost. So interesting one there. They've got the $2 lines as well because they are the same company uh, as Ladbrokes. That's uh, really interesting, that little uh, price boost there, Pez. I like that. I like that at all. I wish I'd uh, used it, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, No, didn't use it. I didn't use it uh, either, to be honest, because I just stuck with Tab for the whole round. Oh, yeah, you're showing your loyalty on the one company that hasn't banned you from, from everything, so. Yep, uh, sponsorship uh, open, TAB, so uh, well, contact it, us at Behind the Bound. After we just gave him a flogging for not give, offering it on the app. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. All right, let's get into what will be a very memorable, hopefully, Pez, uh, round 23. It's going to be an absolute cracker. So many of these games matter to finals, and hopefully we just see some great footy, some close games leading into what should be a really, really great 2021 final series. We start things off with third versus fourth. Western Bulldogs taking on Port Adelaide. Basically, the team who wins finishes higher and could earn a home final. Western Bulldogs come in as favourites $1.68. Port Adelaide Outsiders at two nineteen. The line has come in, started at 7.5, is down to 55 in favour of the Dogs and the over-under for this one, Pez, 158 and a half. Yeah, well, remember last time when uh, the power couldn't <laughs> couldn't beat anyone, the Bulldogs went over there to Adelaide Oval and, and got them. So they're hoping to do that, do that again at Marvel. Uh, Garcia's been omitted and Rock Smith comes in and Cleary was an interesting omission for mine. Fantasia injured with Trent McKenzie and Stephen Watlock coming back in for the power. So uh, I'm... I'm really unsure about the the victor in this one because the the dogs didn't look too great last week against Hawthorne, but uh, I think they're going to be really on on the march to bounce back and the the Bont is going to have a big say in that as well this week. Um, But Port Adelaide, they've they've got a win as well to, you know, try and keep that top four spot. So it's an absolutely, uh, you know, you've got two matches of the round. You've got the two top four ones that we spoke about. But for mine, I've just put a three-leg same-game multi together source and I've just put some disposals in there. So Carl Amon uh, to get 20 disposals. He's their user and their link-up player in the middle of the ground. Liberatore, their little inside gun uh, to get 20-plus disposals. He's pretty good value if he can if he can get over the line and get that. And Jackson McRae uh, on the wing, he's, the, he's their link-up player and he gets the ball any opportunity he can. So I've got him to get 30-plus disposals. 
Odds of $2.10 and I'll put 25 on it. Like it, Pears. I like the, the disposal markets when you're not sure. In this game, I was really tossing up between 50 bucks on the nose for Port Adelaide with Sportsbet Special, hoping that they are... Uh, score the first couple of goals so it pays out early, or a three-leg same-game multi. I think Port Adelaide can get it done. I think this game means a lot more to them in terms of really trying to sew up a top spot. And as you said, the Dogs have been really disappointing three weeks in a row, and it hasn't just been the players disappointing. Their game plan seems to have uh, crumbled. Whether teams have worked them out, I'm not sure what's happening, but I reckon that the Port Power can get it done. I've gone a three-leg same-game multi, uh, multi with Neds. Haven't used the, uh, the charge-up feature. I didn't was unaware of that, Pez, so it's really disappointing for me. Um, I've gone Robbie Gray to get 15. He's come back the uh, last couple of weeks. He should be able to get that. Trelaw to get 15. And Port Adelaide at the line with the $2 special plus 5.5. That gives me odds of 267, and I've gone the maximum, Pez. 50 bucks on that one. Whoa, big one to start. Um, and Trelaw's in the 15-plus market there. Yeah, he's a dollar one. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolute, uh, absolute so, uh, Mickey Mouse, that one is dollar one. But uh, that's what's just good with Neds. Any. Neds, they include all of the players there. And they, they have a dollar one because, I mean, there's a chance that he gets an injury, touch wood, or, you know, there's a chance that he doesn't get it. And they everyone's going to do what I've done and put it in there. So I like that they're, they're ballsy and they, they put in all the markets. And if you do like that bet from uh, Source and you do want to follow along, just make sure you use the little price boost on Neds as well because you're still eligible for the for the return. Am I still eligible, Piz? Oh, you've already put your first bet on it. Oh, I don't actually know how that works, Sauce. I might have to look into it and put a second bet down. Hey. <laughs> no, well, let's not do Double that. down. <laughs> Double down. Let's Double get down. on to the next one, Pez. Richmond, Richmond taking on Hawthorne in uh, last game for Alistair Clarkson and uh, last game for a couple of, uh, well, actually, only one Tiger there. And uh, we got odds of $3.18. It's a long time since I've seen Richmond with an outsider tag of $3.18 taking on uh, Hawthorne, $1.36. I feel like this is uh, odds for almost 10 years ago, Pez. The uh, line here is 18 and a half, three and a half goals to uh, the Hawks, and the over-under is 157 and a half. Yeah, well, last time they played at MCG earlier this year, Richmond won pretty comfortably by 29 points. But with all the outs, all the ins and outs, I'm not going to go through them all because uh, we, don't, we don't have enough time before the start of the game. But um, <laughs> losing a lot, Hawthorne strengthened with Luke Bruce, O'Meara, and Warple coming back in. So three big ins for Hawthorne. And the, the punters have just gone, you know what, Tigers, their season's season's over anyway. They're not going to care. They're not going to uh, come out and put in the effort because they haven't been in the past month of footy. So they've gone all out on the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, I wouldn't trust the bottom side of the dollar thirty-six though, Sauce. So uh, in terms of that, I'm, I'm not going to touch this game at the moment because uh, I think it's just too dangerous and uh, I'm having no bet. Yeah, I, I, I love this uh, one, Pez. And I said this to you earlier that it's a bet that I'm not sure of. But I, I think that when you've got a dynasty and all the talk about the dynasty being dead and they really, Friday night, they were embarrassed last week, there's still some Tigers in there that are not going to go down without a fight. And three and a half goal uh, a line is is, is absolute uh, a bargain, I think, for, for a team that is one was one win away, technically still have a chance to make finals against a bottom four side. Um, so I've gone a three-league same-game multi with Sportsbet. Richmond, I've taken that line, 18 and a half. I've gone with Sydney Stack to get 15. The last couple of weeks, he has moved in more close to that 20 a, 20 a game. And Jaden Short, absolute beast, 25. That gives me odds of $3.25, and I've put 25 on that one, Pez. I mean, they've still got names like Rioli. They've got Short. 
Asprey playing his last game. They've got Rerolt, Bolton, Lynch. There's still enough in there uh, that were a part of the Richmond dynasty that are just going to be sitting there going, you know what? No, it's about pride now. And I think they come out and they uh, they get the chocolates. Well, there you go. Uh, best of luck. There you're going all out this round, Source, by the, by the sounds of things. Just uh, racking up the legs and, and racking up the dollars. Uh, we'll see what you've got in the next one. We've got Sydney taking on the Gold Coast Suns. Yes, we do. The, the Swans take on the Suns, as mentioned. $1.17 favourites for the Swans. $5.10 outsiders are Gold Coast. The line is 30.5 in favour of the Swans, and the over-under is 163.5. Yeah, I didn't like last week how uh, the Swans let me down on that bargain of a line at minus 14.5. So a line against the Gold Coast, minus 13.5. Gold Coast, historically, end of the year, haven't performed very, very well and fatigued off. Um, but we'll see what happens in this one. I've, I've put together a four-leg multi, uh, but I don't get a bonus back in this one, Source, because it's not over the $2 mark. So oh. I've just gone with it. I, I couldn't find anything else to, to jump it up by another 30 cents that I really loved. So I'm just going with something that I really, really like uh, without that insurance. So I've got Jake Lloyd uh, to get 25 disposals. I've got Callum Mills to pick up 20 disposals. Fiorini for the Gold Coast Suns to pick up 20. And Lacocious uh, to pick up 15 disposals. It's $1.70, put 25 on it. Okay, Pez, that's a nice little safe one just to, to get up some uh, coin into your ROI and a uh, nice little sew up a, a win there. Yeah, well, uh, here's hoping that that can happen. We've got Lukosius, who's, you know, had a couple of uh, games where he's got 12 or 13 disposals. So things can still happen and uh, where that lets you down. But um, fingers crossed that it all goes to plan. Yep. With this one, Pez, I've gone really basic, and I actually love this bit. Uh, I'm really, really happy with it. And uh, what have we been talking all year about the last game with the Swans, Pez? Um, every time Source has a good round, he comes out and uh, he gets his confidence <laughs> up and absolutely... Uh, Pez, yeah. you'll love this bit. Buddy Franklin <laughs> needs 14 goals to get his 1,000. Oh. I don't think, think he's going to get the bag, Pez, but it is unbelievable odds. If a three-leg same-game multi, this one, $2.87, and all I need is Franklin to kick two goals. I reckon they're going to be trying to... Fit, they're going to absolutely smash... The, the Gold Coast Suns, and they're going to be trying to get him as close as they can to that 1,000 mark. So I've gone Lance Franklin, anytime goal scorer. Lance Franklin, two or more goals. Lance Franklin, most goals. All multied up together, 287. So if no one else kicks multiple goals and he kicks two goals, you actually win that bet. Yep, and it's a nice little insurance there. You can't tell me he needs 14 to go and they're not going to try and pile it on, especially against the Gold Coast Suns. He could kick five or six. I, I really like that one. I might put that out live on Twitter as well. Yep, that is a great. Hey, that's that's how much I like it. <laughs> that, I thought it's a great bet, and it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a um a bit of a hack there because obviously there's a range of different reasons that uh, different ways that I can get a bonus bet there, Pez. As long as he kicks, you know, two goals, I'm in for a good little shot there. You guaranteed a bonus bet, realistically. Do you know what he's paying for three plus four plus? Uh, I know that for six plus he's paying eleven dollars. <laughs> okay. Five. Yeah, I, I don't. Five is paying for five bucks. Week. Five bucks he's paying for five. So probably around the, the, the four buck mark, I'd say, Pez. I, I really don't mind him for, for about four goals there. I've just actually got it up here. So three goals, $1.72. Uh, four goals, two eighty eight. Two eighty eight. That go. is great value. And if he's gonna kick if he's gonna kick four, you you're more you're better off to do your bet with the two eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the two goals and the most goals. I like that. Good right. stuff. 
All right, let's get on to the next game. Pairs, West Coast taking on the Brisbane Lions. This one, uh, the bookies have it as a dead rubber. It is thirteen for Brisbane. West Coast outsiders at $6.05. The line is 38.5, which is very, very important to spending on some results uh, earlier tonight, uh, later tonight. Over, under is 171.5. Yeah, if, um, if the doggies lose, uh, then Brisbane will know exactly how much they need to win by. So if the doggies do lose, look out West Coast because Brisbane are going to absolutely pile it on against you guys. Um, but I'm just – I don't know who's going to win tonight, uh, doggy, uh, doggies or power. But for the Brisbane game, I'm still going to go the line. So Brisbane minus 38.5, uh, which is $1.90 by itself. Interest, interestingly enough, 40-plus is also $1.90. So you get an extra point if you take the line for some reason. Uh, then I'll put Brisbane head-to-head in there as well as well as Daniel McStay, anytime goal scorer. So those three, $2.15, if Brisbane win and McStay kick a goal, but they don't win by 39 or more, I'll get that bonus bet back. So that's how I've um, taken advantage of it to try and use that insurance source. So I'll put 25 on that, 215. Love it, Pez. Love little loopholes that help us uh, get some profit and keep us alive. I, I agree, Pez. I think... You know, I think Port Adelaide win tonight, and which means Brisbane are going to know the the mathematical equation. They've been in absolutely ripping form. West Coast have uh, been pretty disappointing the last month, and well, this season capitulated, actually capitulated. And what that does, that all adds up, Pez, to a big win from the Brisbane. I've gone Brisbane at the line minus thirty eight and a half, multied up with Birchall to get fifteen and Jared Lyons to get twenty five. That gets me odds of two seventy, and I've whacked twenty five on that one. There you go. You're going. Um, you're going decent odds, and uh, every every game so far, you've had no bets. I reckon you're just going for the for the ten bets this round. Uh, well, that's disappointing for you, Pez. Uh, in the next one, uh, <laughs> no, actually, I've got to bet in the next one as well. All right, the next one, we've got the top of the table clash. This has to be one of the games of the rounds. Geelong taking on Melbourne, a dollar ninety for the Cats, a dollar ninety four for the Demons. The line is non-existent. It is minus. Uh, 0.5, so it's a pick em this way, Pez. And, uh, yeah, the over-under is 145.5. It always baffles me when they do the 0.5 lines. Yeah, yeah, 0.5. Might as well not have a line, just do the head-to-head. But uh, when I jumped on earlier today, I got the, the minus 1.5 plus 1.5 type line. So uh, I missed out there. But I've, I've put my cheeky down source. So if you can find that button over there, you can press it at any time. Cheeky. Yeah, very good job. I had to just speak to fill that little bit of a gap there. But, oh, please, um, mate. I'm all over four, it. <laughs> four, four legs here. Just a, just a $10, $10 bet. I've got – I'm thinking Geelong will win, minus one and a half. If they win, Jeremy Cameron, two plus goals. Guthrie, 25 plus disposals. Um, but the game to go under 145.5 points. So low scoring affair. Uh, $6 odds, just a cheeky 10 on that uh, and see how we go there. Yeah, Pez, I, I like that bet, but I'm a little bit I'm a little bit wary of uh, Geelong in this game. Geelong haven't been in great form, uh, and I really I don't know which way this is going to go. I have bet with my heart a little bit here, Pez, but I've gone the bonus bet from last round that I had. So I've gone Sam Managola to get 20 or more, multi that up with Geelong head-to-head. That gives me odds of 230, hoping to make my money back of 65. Um, but I'm really, really uh, uncertain about that and, and looking forward just to be able to enjoy the game. Yeah, you well, top spot on the on the line, isn't it? It is, and, and by the way that the odds have uh, putting it, they've just sort of leant forward in Geelong in terms of the home ground. So hopefully that is the difference down at GMHBA Stadium, but uh, it'll be a great game either way, Pez. Yeah, and uh, I remember going to that game uh, Geelong v Melbourne at the MCG earlier in the year, source, and uh, seems like a lifetime ago since we could uh, travel into the footy 
and, only, and watch a game. Not only did we travel into the footy pairs, we caught the train into the footy. We had a couple of bevs. We had a couple of dickheads behind us. And then after, we had a few more bevs at the pub. Can you can you believe that? Like, there's three things there that we haven't been able to do in so long. Train ride, yeah, walk. bevs at the pub, and we were uh, at the footy having some bevs. Walking up to the precinct hotel, watching a Fremantle game there on the, on the, on the phone, Sunday that's afternoon. Right. <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was very good. Um, uh, the next game, we've got Carlton taking on the Giants. Easy scenario. Giants win. They play finals. Exactly right, Pez. And the bookmakers have them favourites at $1.29. Carlton Outsiders at three thirty six. The line is minus 21.5 in favour of the Giants. And the over-under is one sixty seven and a half. Yeah, I, I really like this game. I think the Giants will win. Uh, they've been in been in ripping form in, in recent times. And uh, a few of their superstars are really stepping up. Taranto has been... Was surprised forward actually, uh, going forward and uh, actually popping up. Kick four last week. He's kicked multiple goals in a few games over the past month. So, um, GWS, I've got them. Pick your own line minus nine and a half into pick your own total over one hundred and forty seven point five into Josh Kelly to get twenty or more disposals. He'll do that pretty easy. And Sam Walsh to get twenty or more disposals. The superstar there at Carlton. Um, those four together, two dollar odds. So you, you get the rule, you get the insurance, and I'll put 25 on it. Nice job, Pez. I agree. I think that the uh, the Giants win this game pretty convincingly as well. Uh, I am steering clear, though, because I don't know how Carlton respond. They are one of those teams that I've tended to stay away in the last couple of weeks because they are so unpredictable. And in Eddie Betts' last game, you don't know what uh, sort of fight they might show. So steer clear for me for that one. If I was forced to have a bet, I would probably look towards maybe the line Minus 21 and a half. I think if the Giants win, they do get it done easy. Imagine that. Someone's holding a gun to your head and trying to force you to make a bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's every, every time you and I get on, get on the, the beers, Pez, <laughs> at about 11 o'clock with the, the the European ping pong league comes on and we're forcing down each other bets. Uh, no, that's all right. That's uh, happened before. Uh, we, we move on to a game which uh, we don't know how it's going to play out because it's basing on results previously so depending on the results that happened before it could be a dead rubber and no team to make finals or it could be free man or win to make finals or uh, a dead rubber really yeah if all the favorite wins pairs this game becomes really really interesting because it becomes pivotal in uh, west coast Fremantle, and i guess even your saints there to, to make it their pairs with 24 goals but uh it is really really pivotal if uh, all the favorites win can Collingwood cause an upset, Pez? This is the question we've been asking all year. Do Essendon make finals? Essendon fans think that they've sewn it up. The bookies have it as well. Dollar twenty-eight for the Bombers. Collingwood outsiders at three seventy. The line is minus twenty-two and a half. The over/under is one sixty-four and a half. Pez, do the Bombers make finals? Oh, you'd have to say you'd have to say yes at this stage. But uh, it's it's heading up to seven thousand days without a finals win which is uh, really interesting for the Bombers fans. So they're hoping to uh, get rid of that this year. They've uh, done an, a tremendous job to actually get enough wins. Uh, they've had very poor performances this year as well um, to actually be in contention. They're in the eight at the moment. All they need to do is beat Collingwood, who, uh, you know, are a poor side. They could finish 17th Collingwood this year as well. So a bottom two, bottom three side to get into the finals where you haven't been for a long period of time would be a really great achievement for this young uh, Essendon side and uh, see if they can get rid of that 6,000-plus uh, day 
thing. Uh, I think they can win. I think they can get in finals. I don't think they can win a final. I don't have a bet in this game. You skip the St Kilda Fremantle game. I don't have a bet in that either. Yeah, well, I didn't think you'd want to talk about that, Pez. <laughs> uh, well, I will have a bet in that. If Fremantle have to win to get into the finals, there's a big in for St Kilda. And there's something about uh, this big in, and not a big in in terms of a good thing for St Kilda either. It's um, oh, no, just been updated. Oh, yeah, no, still there. Paul Hunter comes in. Max King's out. Um, so if, with Paul Hunter being in the side, St Kilda just don't win. So uh, money on Fremantle there. Uh, maybe a live bet later on. What we'll do, Pez, we'll go through the Essendon game and then we'll get to the, the Fremantle game with the odds. Uh, I'm steering clear for that one anyway, but we can talk about that in just a moment. No, well, I'm, I've, I've said for both games, mate. I'm, I'm out for both of them. We may have Sunday. something to do on, on the Sunday. Well, I'm definitely not out in the Essendon Collingwood one, Pez. And probably why I was a little bit excited is because this is where I have played my... Uh... Cheeky! And that's why I was a little bit excited to get to this game, Pez. I don't think uh, Collingwood can win at all, uh, but I don't haven't got it in me to cheer for Essendon to make finals. I had them bottom four at the start of the season. I still don't believe that they are a finals-ready side, and uh, I'm going hard in this one, Pez. I'm going cheeky odds of $5. I've put my $10, <laughs> my $10 confident bet on them. <laughs> going hard. <laughs> going hard. Jack Crisp to get 30. I've gone real big on him. Collingwood at the line, plus 22.5, and Darcy Cameron to kick one goal, $1.40 on his own. That gets me odds of 5 bucks, Pez. And not only would I be happy with the win, but I'd be happy kicking uh, Essendon out of the finals. That'd be a great little victory. Oh, yeah. No, I let him play. Let him play finals and uh, see how they go. Nah, I think it's better just to add 365 days straight onto it as soon as they lose. Don't have to wait another week to, to add it on. Yeah, plus it, it shuts up a lot of those Essendon fans that were like, see, we were bottom four. It's like, well, if you didn't finish top eight, you're just as uh, just well off as the bottom four. Anyway. Nah, but- so you're wrong, mate. Come on. Yeah, I know I was wrong, but I'm going to be right with my other two predictions. So, <laughs> 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 Collingwood bottom two and West Coast to make the eight. Thank you very much. Anyway, let's get on to that game that I uh, quickly skipped over. St Kilda versus Fremantle. St Kilda odds with uh, Paul Hunter still at favourite. $1.70 there, Pez. That uh, surely is going to change. Two sixteen for the Dockers. Minus 5.5 is the line. The over-under is over 148.5. Pez, you've already sort of spoken. Anything more that you'd like to add to? Uh, well, Lockie Shields goes out injured and Connor Blakely, but Andrew Brayshaw comes back into that Fremantle side, probably because they're not a great travelling side, but crazy to have St Kilda at $1.70 odds with Paul Hunter in the side. Yeah, I actually really like the, the Dockers in this one, Pez, and I haven't put a bet down, but I couldn't imagine that those odds of $2.16 hang around too much. Partner them up with a couple of uh, 20 disposals or 15 disposals. Use that as your anchor to get it over the $2 mark and uh, hey. use the others as a bit of insurance. Yeah, a little banker pun. Yeah, not bad, not bad. We've got uh, the battle of the bottom to finish off uh, round 23. Yeah, it's it's really disappointing the AFL's put this on at uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, oh, sorry, it's 4.40 on a, a Sunday afternoon, the last game. It doesn't make any impact. Uh, no one's going to watch this game. It's uh, North Melbourne taking on Adelaide. $1.84 uh, the favourites with the Crows. $2 outsiders are the... Kangaroos minus one and a half is the line over under one sixty five and a half. Yeah, um, you, you're wrong there because people are going to watch it. I'm going to watch this game because I'm uh, go- going to have a little bet in it. And the reason I say going to is because um, I've got my bonus bet to use from uh, my sports bet multi last week, and I don't have access to my alternate account at the moment, so uh, I can't <laughs> actually put it on. So 
Uh, I am going to put it on as soon as I can uh, at some point tonight, but I'm putting the whole bonus 50 uh, on the Crows to win. Oh, the Crows okay? to win. I, I think the Crows to win. North Melbourne don't have anything to play for. They're, they're six points behind the Adelaide Crows. So it's really disappointing, actually, because Melbourne drawing to the Crows earlier in the year. Melbourne could have at least won that game by one point. North Melbourne at least have something to fight for, not to win the wooden spoon. But they got the wooden spoon uh, confirmed last week. So North have nothing to fight for. Adelaide playing at Adelaide Oval, uh, ready to, you know, uh, they, they get a good way to end the season, build their confidence up and uh, beat the wooden spooners uh, one last time before having uh, a break. Yeah, uh, uh, it's really interesting, Pez. I think North Melbourne have probably played the better football over the last month. They've, they've covered their line in a lot of uh, their games. Uh, but I think the, the Qs are in the rack with this one. I think they're checked out. Adelaide's checked out. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd probably lean towards North uh, at the two-buck odds only because it's a little bit of a – it's literally a 50-50 game, I think. Uh, so I'd probably lean towards uh, North Melbourne, but otherwise steer clear for me. Yeah, and fair enough. Our uh, final multi of the regular season uh, comes down to this. Now, Sportsbet have the three-plus um, head-to-head multi. I, I, as I said, I don't have access to my alternate account, but I've gone into tab and I've made a three-plus league same-game multi. No insurance source, but it's not over two bucks anyway, so I wouldn't get insurance either way. The three games that I am most confident in this week, I've put in my multi. Sydney to beat the Gold Coast Suns. Brisbane to beat the West Coast Eagles and GWS to beat Carlton. So those are the three games. $1.70, max 50 on it. First and only max uh, for the round. And I wouldn't want to lose this multi uh, as well like last week. No, you wouldn't, Pez. It'd be disappointing if one of those three uh, kill you because last week you were worried about one and uh, that one didn't let you down, but the doggies did. So good to say you steer clear of the doggies this week. Uh, I've gone three-leg same-game multi with Sportsbet, Sydney, GWS, because as we said, they're the guaranteeds we're most confident in. And I've put Port Adelaide in there just to juice it up and it gets me odds of $3.30. One leg fails, I get my bonus back, Pez. But that uh, enticement of a nice little potential winnings of 82.63 was too juicy to turn down. So you're really thinking that Port Adelaide, after having a disappointing year, not beating many top eight sides at all, they're going to come out in this final round and, and beat the Bulldogs yeah, at I, Marvel. I think it's one of those things where if the Bulldogs were even close to, to better form, Pez, um, you, you, I would lean towards the Dogs. But they've just been putrid, and I can't I can't confidently back the Dogs going into this final series. And again, as I said, it wasn't just the way that they've been playing. They've got a couple of injuries. Their game plan seems to be worked out. And uh, yeah, Port Adelaide are, are playing some good football. They've got a lot. They're healthy at the right amount. Of, uh, you know, at the right time, they've got the least amount of injuries going into a final series. And we know one of the pivotal things in premierships is having a, a low injury count. So yeah, I think that uh, Port Adelaide get it done, Pez, even even uh, away from home. Yeah, all right. There you go. We'll uh, we'll get into that. We'll wrap uh, everything up here. We've wrapped up the bet, bet slip source. It's looking very good uh, out on Twitter at Behind the Bound. Uh, we'll get into the coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. Here we go, Pez. One last time in the regular season. I'm sure we'll keep this going alive into the finals, but the last coin toss for the regular season. Pez, what are the standings currently as we sit? 
Yeah, well, uh, I, I made up some, some ground source and I was one point behind and I was still trying to fight last week to, you know, try and do that and get there. I was I was even with you, believe it or not, after the St Kilda game. Uh, and then you took it right back in the, in the Port Adelaide game with uh, Carlton looking good early, but Port Adelaide coming over the top. And then at the end of the round, you got Essendon and Fremantle. So you go three ahead heading into the last round of regular season. But as you said, we've got finals and grand final to go. So it could go either way, but I am going to do everything I can this round <laughs> to try and come back. So you are going first because you have the lead and I'm just going opposite of you in lots of things. All right, Pez. Well, the first one <laughs> is the Dogs and Port Adelaide. I'm going plus five and a half with the uh, power. You are? So I will go. The Bulldogs. Here we go. I'm going uh, Richmond plus 18 and a half versus the Hawks. Yeah, who are you going, Richmond? You Rich- are? Richmond plus 18 and a half, Pez. You know where I'm going? I'm going the Hawks. All right, Sydney versus Gold Coast. Minus 30 and a half. This one's a bit of a tough one, but I am going to lean towards the Swans. No, I can't do that. I'm going Swans. <laughs> <laughs> Brisbane versus West Coast, Pez. Now, through our bet slip, we were both all over the minus 38 and a half. I'm guessing you're staying there. Yeah, you, you can't you can't look past that, can you? Have to go Brisbane. Geelong versus Melbourne. The line, as we said, is minus uh, 0.5, which is really hard to to read. Uh, I'm going Geelong. Yeah, I have to go Geelong because of my bet, so I can't go opposite you there. But I need at least one more opposite. All right, uh, GWS versus Carlton. The line is minus 21 and a half. I'm going the Giants minus 21 and a half. Oh, what games are left? <laughs> which, which, which one do I? Which one do I do it with? We'll catch up. Um, the, we'll catch up in the last one anyway, Pez, because we're we're opposite that one. So, go with right, excellent. I'll, I'll go the Giants. I'll go the Giants. All right, Essendon versus Collingwood. I'm going plus twenty two and a half with uh, Collingwood. Oh, yeah? All right. Um, yeah, I can go Essendon in that. And the last game, the Crows take on North Melbourne. I'm going plus one and a half in favour of North Melbourne. Yeah, and I'm going the Crows, and we've missed a game. Have we? Yeah, the St Kilda Fremantle. I don't know why I keep missing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you missed it in the best list as oh, well. Oh, goodness me. It must stuff. be. I don't know why I've done it. It's here on my list. Yeah, St Kilda versus Fremantle, minus five and a half. I'm going with Frio, plus five and a half. Are you really? I was going to go Frio as well because I like that. Because Paul Hunter's in, mate. Um, I know. Lost at selection. Lost at selection. I have to. I have to go with that. Uh, I'll go. I'll go St Kilda just because I'm behind, and we're gonna really uh, see who comes out on top this week. Yeah, we will, Pez. Uh, and where where can uh, all of our fans get along and uh, see our bet slips? Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Where can they do that? Well, at behind at behind the bound, uh, jump on Twitter. You can do there. Uh, you can message us any ideas or conversations that you want us to have as well. Share, share your bets and share your cheekies as well. We love seeing them. Uh, and you'd have to jump on wherever you listen to podcast source, whether it be uh, on, on the Apple uh, or the Android. Yep. Uh, Spotify or iHeartRadio, all your good podcast providers. Make sure you jump on, leave us a five-star review and a comment. That's how other football fans find us uh, with this amazing content. Now, we, we do leave you. We've got uh, a few hours until the, the Bulldogs-Port Adelaide clash. Massive clash tonight, Sauce. And I guess this is the good thing about the rolling fixture is they get to put the big games on the Friday night. So the ones that mean the most for the final eight. So looking forward to that one. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.